Well, this is CFFFM 92.7, right here at Trent Radio in Peterborough. And right now, we're coming up with Insight Peterborough with Devin. And we have some guests today, Devin. So maybe uh, you can tell us all about what we're going to be having on our program today. And Bob, of course. Uh, Bob is uh, Bob Chrysler is our co-host. And uh, hi, everybody, and thank you for uh, listening to Insight Peterborough, which is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. So if you want to get in touch with uh, our local CCB, Canadian Council of the Blind, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com, ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. This coming Thursday, um, October 24th, we're going to, um, CCB is going to be having a fundraiser called Harmonious Hauntings at uh, Canterbury Gardens. And uh, one of the, uh, what's happening is that there's going to be storytelling. Um, there's uh, two storytellers, actually, and uh, dessert and coffee. And um, the tickets are just about sold out, but... Um, if you uh, are uh, desperate for some, you can uh, give us uh, a, an email at ccbpeterborough@gmail.com, um, and uh, the um, harpist, Celtic harpist, who is going to play, is a lady named Angelica Ottawell. Angelica Ottawell. And uh, we've got a track here that she specifically wanted us to play, um, and it's called The Stolen Child. So while we get ready for our first guest, we'll play that track. i 
That was Angelica Ottawill uh, with uh, The Stolen Child. And uh, so the Harmonious Hauntings, once again, is uh, Thursday night, October 24th, at uh, Canterbury Gardens. And I, I think it's going to be a really good evening. Um, let's get on to talk with our first guest, though. I had a, a whole bunch of questions that I, I wanted to get answered because, you know, I kind of thought that we as people with disabilities should do our share to be kind to the environment. And when I got thinking about all the things that we use, like uh, needles and puffers and batteries and goodness knows what else, I thought, well, you know, we should check this out. So I got hold of, uh, I was in, put in touch with Dave Douglas, who is the manager of the Waste Diversion, diversion um, section So uh, from the city of Peterborough. So hi, Dave. How are you? Hello, Devin. I'm great. It's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, too, and uh, glad to have you here to answer some of our questions. It's, it is my pleasure, and it's a real honor being here because as a Trent graduate myself, uh, a 30-year alumni, it's wow. a thrill to be back. And in fact, when I was here in residence, I was in PR residence just out your back window. Ah. So I feel like I'm out of my, my old stomping ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. 
Terrific. Uh, almost like old home week. Absolutely. Were you one of those people out there uh, paddling during the head of the Trent regatta? Head of the Trent, yes. I did row head of the Trent a little bit and uh, the Bacchus events and all sorts. Yeah, ah. we, we uh, have some wonderful, wonderful memories from Trent University. That's great. I tell you, some of those uh, people, I don't know, they must be exercising all the time because they're so muscular and they carry those... Uh, Whatever they are. <laughs> what do you call the them? rowing machines, the rowing boats, rowing no, and boats. their oars. Okay. Yeah, That's a good oh yeah, for the rowing boats, and um, no problem, really. Oh and, yeah. And uh, I had to take my hats off because uh, I got around to take some uh, pictures of them uh, rowing, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, it looks like a uh, an exercise in itself was rowing. Well, it's cardio and it's a lot of muscular, so yeah, it's a it's a great sport. So now, speaking of uh, of things that people with disabilities use, um, Dave, uh, batteries is uh, they're one of the big things that we use. Either you know the hearing aid batteries or um, batteries for some um, tech technical uh, products and that sort of thing. What um, what should we do with our old batteries? Well, there's a number of options, and coincidentally, coming up also on the week of November 5th to 8th, there is the curbside battery drive, whereby we have the small little zipper bags that have gone out through uh, the newspaper to pretty well every household. They should have them, and we're encouraging residents during the week of the 5th to the 8th to place these, put their batteries inside these bags and place them on top of their fiber blue box for curbside collection. So if that's convenient for people, that's certainly one way and it's timely, it's coming up. Mm -hmm. We also do offer uh, various locations where you can take where if it's uh, if people are able to, to uh, drop off their batteries at our um, our HHW facility, Household Hazardous Waste Facility at 400 Pidal Road, if that's convenient. At City Hall, we do have a little bin, uh, battery drop uh, bin as well, that people could put their batteries in there as well. Um, the Green Up store on Elmer is another location that people are able to take their batteries back to. Um, the uh, Kingham Home Hardware on Simcoe Street, the Peterborough Public Library, Shoppers Drug Mart on Lansdowne, wow. the Wellness Center on Breeley Drive, uh, and then we do, uh, as I mentioned, our annual collection, which is coming up in, uh, in, in two weeks. Yeah. And how does that work? Do they come around with a van or something? No, these, when, when they're collected, uh, the curbside situation, uh, the collectors will actually have a separate container on the vehicle, and they will take these little bags and place them in the container, and they'll have a supervisor driving around and monitoring as a collection vehicle fills up. They'll be able to take them and offload them to uh, another vehicle, and then they'll take them to the facility where they're put into proper containment, and then they're properly disposed of downstream to uh, recycling markets. Do okay. batteries uh, create a problem with the environment? Uh, if placed in, in the wrong stream, for instance, if they're put into the garbage stream and if they end up in a landfill site, they could cause some problems because there are the heavy metals inside them, which over time they would they would rust out leach, and yeah. leach out, create a problem. But uh, if they're contained properly and put into the right stream, they can go down to uh, recycling facilities and those commodities inside can be extracted and reused. Wow, that's, 
That's really good. <laughs> no problem that you never even thought about a few years ago. I no. Think. And think about how many things use batteries now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got two kids, my own, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we everything seems, if it doesn't have a battery in it anymore, people don't want to use it. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a real, real proliferation. Gosh, even the watches we wear, you know, have batteries in them and, and uh, clocks and hearing aids and lots of stuff. Yeah, our telephone, our cell phones. And some uh, batteries are used up more quickly than others and they just collect. Yeah, and not even just the batteries, but when you mention cell phones, well, that's a whole category of materials well called electronic waste, uh-huh. e-waste for short. And there is an awful lot of that material out there as well. And that material contains value because some of the circuit boards are soldered with silver. Some of the components have little pieces of gold in them and some rare earth metals. So it's extremely valuable. It's a very high... Uh, uh, can be a very high proportion of what would have been the, the waste stream. Mm-hmm. And the other thing you ought to really be concerned about with your electronic waste is anything like a, a phone or your hard drive or even a printer has memory in it of things that uh, that you've got on it, and you don't want that getting into the wrong hands. No. And, uh, you know, Id- identity fraud is, is definitely an issue. So uh, if you can participate in e-waste diversion programs as well. That's wonderful. And again, at the uh, the Potter Road facility, the um, uh, the hazardous waste f- uh, facility, we collect uh, electronic waste. We also do a yearly um, event, uh, collection event, environment event. We're scheduling one for May again of this year. And we will see great attendance and Thousands and thousands of pounds of old electronics, uh, old televisions, old computers um, will be will will be dropped off, and it will go to downstream recycling. Well, you know, with uh, it seems like planned obsolescence, uh, things are moving so quickly that things become also obsolete so quickly, and have to be tossed, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I find that frustrating. You know, I go, you buy a printer and it's about $40 for the printer and yeah. it's $150 for the cartridges. And then a couple of years later, you know, what happens to your printer? You're out looking for new one. I agree. The the old days when they made things to last, that oh. uh, those were nice days. That's yeah. why I collect vintage items. <laughs> Do you? That, it seems to me that a yeah. printer ink is more valuable in some ways than gold. <laughs> sure, certainly the full ones. Yeah. And it's darn expensive, too. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. for sure. But anyway, you've been talking a little bit about uh, batteries and collection of batteries. And um, you have, I know, a, a lot of paperwork there in front of you to express <laughs> some thoughts. So go ahead there. Yeah, well, I, I certainly I, I did bring along some additional handout material that I that I'd like to pass along. But I know one of the questions was raised, uh, and it's an important one as well. And Devin, you raised it about uh, what do people do with um, with the dog poop and, yes. and the bags of dog poop, and do yes. they require a uh, certain bag to contain that material? Well, here within the city of Peterborough, we do not yet collect uh, what we call source-separated organics, which is uh, your food waste material, uh, and and that will often also include uh, pet waste uh, in it. We are hopefully moving forward. We've been uh, successful in... uh, um, Securing a federal grant to help us uh, move forward with a 
uh, facility of our own. However, we're going through the internal approval processes, etc. So we're a few years out from that. So at this point in time, the dog waste material would be collected and it would end up, uh, unless you're, you're dumping the, the dog waste into the toilet and flushing it, uh, but then... Uh, dumping out the bag. Don't put the plastic bag in no. the toilet. That'd be a problem. Uh, it would it would now end up in the waste stream. Uh, going forward, if and when we do proceed with launching this SSO food program, if the program were to allow uh, the dog uh, waste in it, we would be looking at a program that would also complement with a certified compostable bag. And these bags are made out of a, a basically corn-based bag, cornstarch bag. And they will fragment and mineralize in the composting facility and not end up with any uh, any uh, residue or any detrimental items that would affect the compost. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, at our area, the big uh, problem is that people will not scoop and, you know, uh, take care of... Scoop and scoop. Yeah, yeah, their dogs that way. Yeah. And some are big dogs. <laughs> yeah, like uh, my Frankie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here with Frankie now. He's yes. a very big dog. He is, yeah. I'm, ha- I'm glad he's friendly. No, oh, yes, he definitely is. Um, uh, the So if we were to dump them, uh, like the contents, down the toilet, uh, the... Um, it wouldn't cause a problem with a city sewage? Well, just don't dump the bags no. in. No. It's just fe- fecal matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the uh, compostable bags are available now, are they? From No. Tip- well, you may see them in pet, uh, pet supply stores mm-hmm. now, but typically those products, because they may have a shelf life of a year to two years maximum, because, because they're corn-based materials, the, the retailers will put those products into the local stores when they know that there's a program in place with uh, a centralized collection. Okay. So when we move forward, we would be engaging with all of the retailers to ensure that they change what's called the planogram, it's the store listings, mm-hmm. to put the right product into the stores at the right time so that residents are able to purchase them and use them. How about our, our council and mayor? Are they forward thinking in that way? I think we have a fantastic council and mayor, yes, and I think uh, they're, they're very in tune with environmental issues, as are the general public right now with the the whole concerns about climate change are yes. everywhere uh look at look at the um um the student protests that are going on, you know, and mm-hmm. look what little Greta Thunberg has uh, has has uh, been able to achieve with uh, activating people. I've been in the environmental, my career span, I graduated from Trent in 1988, and I've been in the environmental field since then, and never to this day have I seen such an engaged uh, public towards environmental initiatives. And I think, you know, as we sit here on election night, I'm sure you're going to see that plays into our general election tonight as well. It's certainly become um, a point of uh, contest, if you will, with the... uh the election process as it has come along certainly has become more sure dominant. I heard recently that the climate was actually the number one uh, electoral issue that people were concerned about. Yeah. Well. So now I have been uh, getting people to save bread bags and um, the outside of milk bags. And those are bigger milk bags. Uh, I suppose I'd, I'd best uh, move on to the bags that 
you can get from the pet store. Oh, for for Frankie? Yeah. For Frankie here? <laughs> you think a do you think a uh, one of those bags would be big enough for Frankie here. He's a pretty big dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no. Presently, that that's fine because that bag's going to end up in the garbage stream right mm -hmm. now. Um, it, when the program is implemented, and there will be lots of notice as far as if and when you know this, these programs go forward. That yeah. that would be when you would, if you were looking to segregate it into the uh, we we'll call it the green bin at the right. curb. Right. That is when you would start to channel those those bags into that stream. Okay. Now, I want to get back to batteries. Um, one question that I had uh, for you was uh, you often hear about batteries uh, combusting spontaneously. Starting uh, fires. Sorry? And starting fires. Yes, yes. And I wondered if that is a problem. Well, yeah, and I think it's the lithium-ion batteries that are okay. what uh, what we're hearing about, and certainly those. Uh, you know, my my son had one of those hoverboards, and they were talking about these mm -hmm. these hoverboards that were uh, batteries were spontaneously combusting and, and burning, and and certainly that was a concern, and and I think that came down to the quality of uh, of where these batteries came from and who made them. So so nevertheless, absolutely, there's there are what we'll call substandard products out there, mm -hmm. and I think like any anything you're going to want to make sure you're, you you take proper care of that uh, and control because um, you're right these things would would have could have a have a charge to them and if uh, if they were to uh, uh, connect in, in you know in a large container they could cause a, a spark and I don't think uh, I don't think anybody wants to hang on to uh, large quantities of these I think this is why they should you should regularly make sure that if you're accumulating this material you're not hanging on to it in a closet or in your garage or somewhere in your house that you're actually just taking them properly and you know this is probably a good time as we're coming up to the time change and people yeah. are changing the batteries in their clocks the, the then smoke detector Smoke detectors. Yes. Yeah, this is the time to, to. Why? Why would you accumulate them if uh, there's no use for them anymore? I think you want to get them out of your house. Right. Okay. That's a that's a good idea. Wasn't there a a, a problem with a certain uh, cell phone brand? Samsung. That they were yeah they were melting down or something with the battery problem. Yeah. I, whether I I don't know personally what was attributed to the cell phone bat melting down whether it was a battery or not one would assume that was probably a likely cause and you know my there my wife had the samsung and again i was kind of looking at that just as i was looking uh -oh. at my kids hoverboard <laughs> saying geez i'm glad i've got a fire extinguisher in my house right. yeah handy. really but it's a good point that's a good point to have yeah. one you definitely have a fire extinguisher in your house and you know as we mentioned about making sure that on each floor you've got your uh, fire uh, alarms and your your smoke detectors and your mm -hmm. uh, co2 detectors yes. yeah oh. um what about um inhalers and puffers you know you you get down to the bottom and there's always a little bit i think in the, in the bottom and that sort of stuff what do you what do you do, what should people do with them uh, yeah, and that's a good point is when there's not, when things are not completely used up and there's always remnants in the bottom and, and what happens to that, and we call that the residue, right, mm -hmm. and, and when it gets into sites. I think that if you're, if you're going back to the pharmacies and buying new ones, maybe you can, if it's half full or such, take it and see if they're able to deal with that. Um, I would... Uh, um, 
if if it's the metal uh, canister, you know, and it's totally empty, you know, it could you, you could look at bringing it to our HHW facility mm -hmm. as a downstream disposal. But um, yeah, that's and, and the same goes with pills and pillbar. When people have excess pills and they don't they don't tend to use them all, it's mm -hmm. like. You know, you want to make sure that you're disposing of those properly back to the pharmacy because you're not, you don't want to dump those down the drain. No. And the same with needles. Needles, yeah, absolutely. Needles are, are, are another issue that you want to make sure that they're they're handled carefully. And, and um, you know, there are, there are ways to dispose of uh, needles properly as well. Um, certainly, the way to handle the needle, you certainly don't want to be using your uh, your bare hands on that. You would use gloves and then tongs and put it into a hard container so that it's that it's and seal it. Um, the um, fire station on Lansdowne has a needle drop off uh, okay. spot uh, for for people to take them. You know, you could take them back to pharmacies as well. But those are one thing. Do not put those into the recycling, into the blue box stream. If we see those on the lines, the line is shut down and we have to basically remove all of the contents because of the, the concern of a potential needle pricks. So That's a lot of work. That sure it is. is a lot of work. And you know what? It's, it's a lot of time, a lot of money, and then and it's also a lot of wasted resources that would yeah. have been uh, could have been potentially diverted from landfill. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's for sure. And uh, uh, pharmacies now have what they call sharps containers that you can purchase if you use needles on a regular basis, like for insulin and that sort of thing. So uh, containers like that would be good to have around, and then you could just take it uh, back to the uh, pharmacy uh, and when it's full and exchange it for an empty one. Absolutely, and I encourage that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about uh, batteries and uh, some of the problems that are, that are uh, maybe an issue with handling batteries or the waste of batteries? Uh, no, I just... You know, like you say, I think more and more products are uh, have batteries, and and you just want to make sure that at the end of their life that you're handling them and downstreaming them properly. And again, you know, if, if you've got this bucket in the corner of your house and you just think it's kind of cool just to keep filling it and look how many you got, it's not so cool. It's best just to get rid of these things. Yeah. Very good. And again, as so on the batteries, as I mentioned, the collection November fifth to a, to the eighth curb watch for their little bag it's a little clear bag uh with an orange uh, orange trim on it and it's just called your battery uh battery recycling thank you very much that's great thank you so much for coming dave to answer some of those uh questions for us that's terrific it's been really? my pleasure thank you and uh, i i'm sure that at some point we'll have a another chat along the way and uh, you know if there's ever anything that you think of like uh, your uh, battery collection week that or waste, you, electronic waste yeah that you want to mention to us by all means for sure and if any of, email. yeah if any of your listeners have any questions you know if they want to send you into the questions and you can send them along to me and I'll address them hopefully I've been able to answer uh, uh, most right. of your most or all of your questions now I am uh, relatively new I've just taken over this role as of early August so I'm still getting my feet feet on the ground here myself but um, I'm excited to work with uh, with the community and the residents and all of the uh, the stakeholders involved in the city of Peterborough. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. Uh, thank you very much.
My pleasure. Uh, so in a minute, we're going to be talking with uh, someone from the library, Jennifer Jones, who is the uh, executive director, about uh, the Human Book Project. And Bob, are you able to uh, uh, resurrect any other uh, track there on the, maybe a short track on the CD? Uh, well, uh, I have actually pulled out uh, the CD, but do you want to get into uh, talking a little bit about Election Day, since we're right on the day that you want well, to cast your vote? We we could, uh, but you're going to need to go and get um, Jennifer. All right. Yeah, but I can talk about the Election Day. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to uh, go and see if our, our friend is there. All right. That sounds good. And thank you again, Dave. Yeah, so yes, by all means, I, I was going to suggest that, um, that you might want to get out there and vote. And uh, uh, I, I found it very easy for me because the, because the uh, poll was in my building. Uh, so that worked out really well. Uh, and uh, the polls are open until 9.30 tonight. So you can always um, go out there and, uh, and cast your ballot. Uh, what I like to say is that this is the day to have your say. And uh, so if you don't uh, have your voter registration uh, card, you can uh, take along a couple of pieces of identification and uh, they'll help you out there at the uh, at the uh, polling uh, station. They're very helpful. I, uh, uh, Frankie and I went downstairs and uh, they were very helpful. Um, the one thing that I can mention in relation to what uh, Dave was saying, you, you know the, the lions will collect old eyeglasses. And um, the CCB uh, does have um, a, uh, a thing called uh, from the program called From the Blind for the Blind. And so if you have any canes or whatever around, <laughs> when you do live radio, I'll tell you, you just never know. And uh, also, uh, if you have canes and Frankie sit. If you have canes and crutches and that sort of thing, the service dogs. Uh, the Peterborough Lions Club um, has a, a storage for that. So um, I thought I'd uh, squeeze that in there. And now we have Jennifer Jones from the uh, Peterborough Library. Hi there, Jen. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Devin? Uh, good, thanks. Um, I got a, an email uh, a while ago about a human book project, and uh, I'm going to be involved in that on uh, this coming Saturday. Mm -hmm. But um, so I thought um, that it might be a good thing to have someone from the library come to talk about the uh, project. And uh, you'll see soon how people with disabilities can fit into this sort of thing. So, Jen, first of all, 
What on earth is the Human Book Project? <laughs> um, well, we also, it's more commonly known as a human library. So ah. some people may have heard that term coined. Okay. Um, essentially, we use people as books. So we're going to borrow you for <laughs> a few minutes, <laughs> yep. um, 20 minutes to half an hour in our case. And we're going to check you out like a book. Someone's going to borrow you and they get to talk to you and ask you questions and have a great old conversation about all the things they might not necessarily get a chance to have a conversation with you about. Mm -hmm. um, so it could be anything from how are you today, which is usually how things start, to what's it like to live a day in your life? I might not know. I might not have had that experience. And this gives a, a safe space to have those conversations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and is this the first one that you've uh, done at this library? Yes, this is the first one Peterborough's done. Uh -huh. So we're very excited. Great. Uh um, can you uh, tell us who is, are going to be the, the books, or would you rather keep that under wraps? Um, I won't tell you their names, just okay. to keep that. Just I'm not sure about the privacy rules, but I will tell you a little bit about some of them, if that helps. Mm -hmm. So we have um, so a, a new Canadian. Mm -hmm. So someone who's living the new Canadian experience, which is wonderful. We have someone with a brain injury, so that's very exciting to have mm -hmm. a very different conversation. Um, someone who's non-binary. And I'm actually, this person is a library lover as well, so it's wonderful. They're, they're, one, they're one of the names I recognize besides yours. So um, I also know that they're a library lover. But we have someone who's non-binary, and that's uh, an interesting, very modern topic that a lot of people are trying to come to terms with in their own personal lives and how that might affect them. Yeah. So that's a great conversation. Um, and then we also have a Muslim, Muslim excuse me, a Muslim woman. So there's another uh, very pertinent topic that's a conversation that someone might like to have. And then there's yourself. So someone with a disability or a different ability, depending on how you want to look yeah. at it. And, you know, just you're still normal, right? Normal yeah. in air quotes, oh, which nobody know. can see but me at the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the joy of radio. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see me talking with my hands. <laughs> Is your office at the library? Mine, yes. Okay, fine. Yes. We can find you there. You can, yes. Um, I, now, I'll actually be there on Saturday for a different reason, but I'm usually floating around the library most days. Okay. Um, and we have a number of staff who are more than happy to help as well. So this uh, project is a good way for uh, people to come and ask uh, questions that they might not have the opportunity or might be a little shy to ask it's a, it's a good way to get things out in the open, isn't it? It's a great way to get things out in the open. Actually, the tagline for the human library is to unjudge someone. Ah. And I think that's very fitting because we all have our preconceived notions about what we think someone is like. Whether I wear glasses, therefore I must have trouble seeing, which obviously mm -hmm. I do because I wear glasses. Mm -hmm. But other people will see me, oh, you're a nerd because you wear glasses. And those <laughs> social stereotypes kick in yeah. automatically. Some of them are innocent and they don't mean anything and other ones are a little bit more um, hard-hitting yes. and a harsh reality that we don't like to admit but they're there so let's take the opportunity to unjudge let's take the opportunity to have a conversation and get to know someone yeah definitely mm -hmm. well there's uh, maybe a, a stigma mm -hmm. that is undeserved uh, by certain people with certain handicaps and uh, basically most of those have no value whatsoever no. because uh, well like my friend David here, very intelligent lady. She does secretarial work. Mm -hmm. She has uh, the computer at her hands mm -hmm. and uh, very out into the society of Peterborough. Absolutely. Well. Yeah, so it'll be a chance to uh, ask uh, all sorts of uh, uh, questions that you might have wanted to ask or like I might, uh, if I get the chance, I might ask the uh, 
lady who is a, a Muslim, whether she um, uh, really uh, dislikes dogs and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, you know, uh, just to get rid of the misconceptions and stereotypes and... Uh, and is this the first uh, project like this that you've done? Oh, that we've done, yes, mm -hmm. in Peterborough. Um, but it is a huge phenomenon. They've been happening all over the world for many, many years. You can actually Google Human Library. I believe it's humanlibrary.org. I did not write down the website, but I should have. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, you can go right to their website. And they actually give a list of all the different libraries hosting human library events across Canada, North America, Europe, all over the world. All right. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, I think that I've read or heard somewhere that every person has at least 15 minutes of a story that is worth telling. Absolutely. I would agree. And we're all about stories. That's the yeah, great thing about the library, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say everybody, every single person, regardless of anything else, has at least 15 minutes that you can tell a story, tell something about yourself. And you probably think you're boring, because I know I think I'm boring, <laughs> but someone else might find you interesting. And yeah. that gives us the opportunity to have those conversations in a different setting. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we've all had some interesting event, at least in our lives. I would agree. So is there a, a well, let me begin by saying, what, what times uh, is... Uh, the length of the project on Saturday? Oh, it's a great question. Um, so it's Saturday, October 26th. It's starting at 11 a.m. and running until 3 p.m. We are looking at roughly 20 minutes with each person. So come the day of, you can book your appointment. So if you come at 11, there may be four slots open, and you may have to wait 20 minutes just for that one to finish if you come a little bit later, for example. So drop in throughout the day whenever you want. And you get fined if you don't give the book back? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're going to go fine free for okay. this one. No, no charges on this one. <laughs> racy, I would imagine. Nothing too racy? Racy in which way? What do you mean? <laughs> I can't account for what conversations are going to happen. You uh, never know. No. You never know. Yeah. You have to be kind yeah. of prepared for that. That's yeah. it. Well, I mean, and everybody who's doing this is a volunteer as well. So they are absolutely putting themselves out there to say, hey, I'm going to represent and I'm going to say, ask me questions. They are very open. They're an open book, if you pardon the pun, <laughs> about their lives and about what's happening with them too. So that it's, maybe their stories are racy. I don't know. I haven't had those conversations yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting some tales, mean, Devin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you encourage uh, people to ask the open book person questions uh, or is that sort of say, well, no, be careful. No, not at all. Um, I think it's up to the book, up to the person themselves to say, you know what, I'm really not comfortable answering that question, just like they would in any social situation. Yeah. Um, if you know, you ask me a question, I can say, I don't really want to answer that. That's okay. There's okay. nothing wrong with that. Well, that's good. But you won't know unless you ask. No, no, exactly. Yeah. I heard someone last night on television say, I'd rather keep my vote uh, to myself. Exactly. And, you know, that's your right mm -hmm. to do that. That is exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if someone asks you about your childhood, for example, you can say, I don't really want to talk about that. Can we talk about something else? And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's a nice, there's a nice way to say it. There's a nice oh, yeah. way to say, maybe not a topic I want to address right now. We've only got 20 minutes. It's not enough time. Maybe yeah. we'll, maybe ask me again. <laughs> right yeah. Oh, that's, that's terrific. Well, you would have a great story, uh, Devin, and we, do you plan to attend? Oh, I, I'm one of the books. All right. Yeah. 
Right. So well, maybe I w- I'll be there to ask you a few of those right. delicate questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I uh, used to go to, I uh, have gone to a lot of schools, and uh, oh, you get some interesting questions from uh, kids. Uh, one kid said to me, and this was years ago, mind you, can you drive a car? And I said, uh, no, that's one of the things they won't let me do. They won't give me a license. (laughs) And at the time, I was using a cane. And he said to me, very thoughtful, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I guess you can't really stick your cane out the window, can you? (laughs) (laughs) Times are changing, though, Devin. Yeah, yeah. Stop driving cars. Oh, I know. I'm looking forward to it. Well, what about your own uh, story now? Have you had to take uh, graduate courses to do what you're doing or uh, a degree of some way or, um, yeah, whatever? Um, Yep. I actually, you have to have an undergrad degree. So I did my years at university. I actually did five years at university. And then there's a master's course to become a librarian. So it's another, depending on what school you go to, it's another year or two. You get your master's degree and then you're an official librarian. I can't say for sure that a lot of what I did in school applies to my everyday life anymore, but that seems to be normal. Yeah. Yeah. How do schools keep up today with the way things are moving so quickly? That's it. I don't think they can. They try and they do the best that they can for Mm -hmm. sure. And I'm not one to knock higher education, obviously, or post-secondary education, but nonetheless, it's tough. It's tough to keep up being in it all the time, especially with technology. But yeah, so there's a little bit of a story there. There's a cost to that as well. For sure. For sure. Well, Not only uh, schooling costs. Cost, but the school yep. and the whole uh, system, if you will. Yes. And try to keep up. But there is no cost for Saturday, right? Absolutely not, no. Yeah. That's the best thing about the public library. We aim to do as much free as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can, uh, if you haven't come to see uh, the new, the new library, you can uh, do that. And, Beautiful uh, building. Yes. We're a bit biased, but yes, I love the building. It's fantastic. We're very spoiled now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so there's quite a wide variety of uh, human books that will be there. And can you um, uh, uh, chat with with more than one book? Yes. Oh, good. Not at the same time. We're going to ask one at a time, please. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. If you finished with your first book and the other, there's another one free and you'd like to speak with them. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. Have a second conversation. That's fantastic. Sure. Great. Is there anything else that, that, that we've missed asking you about? I don't think so. We've got the date and time. So October 26th, that's this Saturday from 11 to three. Yep. there and enjoy. Yes, please come enjoy and you know, Let's, let's have a new conversation or unjudge, right? Let's yeah, let's look exactly. at someone differently. Yeah. Yep. Can I tell a tall fish story? Would that go over? <laughs> don't see why not. <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a good fish story. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it always goes from being this big to that big, yeah, right? Yeah, and you get yeah. the extremes. That's oh. right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I, I uh, hope that this will bring... Lots of people, and that um, you will be able to, you'll be encouraged to do more of these in the future. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. Great. Thank you. Well, Devin? Yes. Uh, we've got uh, a few moments. All right. This, uh, election Day 
The song? Is it a song? Or yeah, is it? it is. It's Who would have ever thought that I could find, that we could find a song called Election Day? Now, I, I don't imagine that this group is Canadian, uh, but it's uh, the group is Arcadia. And believe it or not, they're doing a song called Election Day. So I hope that um, if you haven't gotten out there to vote, that this will encourage you to, uh, to do so. So here's Arcadia with Election Day. Thank you very much. That's great.
Okay. So how about you, Bob? Have you gone out to vote? Yes. As a matter of fact, we did that uh, even before lunch uh, today. And um, there wasn't much of a lineup. We had to go over to the Avenue Center, Carol and I. Uh-huh. And uh, there wasn't a big lineup. There were some people there. Uh, and so we were able to get that done in quick order in order to make it over here on time after doing some shopping. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, maybe a lot of people went out. Uh, I hear that the advanced polls were pretty... Um, Active, so maybe a lot of people went out there, but uh, I do hope uh, that um, uh, last uh, election day, I believe the percentage was 68 percent, and uh, it would be nice uh, if uh, the uh, percentage could be a high number like that, wouldn't it? Well, you know, I think that the uh, the young people are taking a big interest, particularly this time. Mm -hmm. And I think that it'll show in the result. Uh, I think they're going to get out and uh, get their voices heard so that uh, the politicians will have to take note of, uh, shall we say, the youngest people that are getting in and getting out there and making a difference. Yeah, definitely. Well, and times do change, and... Uh, Politicians should be aware of uh, of what uh, uh, people are thinking and saying and wanting and that sort of thing. It seems to me, you know, I heard a funny joke Yeah. Uh, today. Uh, I think it was on our one of our radio nets that we do and listen into. And uh, the joke was, you can always tell when a politician is lying. His lips are moving. <laughs> it's, yeah. a joke. it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, this was on Ham Radio. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, net that uh, uh, Bob and I are both um, Ham Radio operators. So, it's yeah. A hobby. Uh, yes, yeah. So, well, we'll leave that joke uh, at that, <laughs> and, and we won't make any comment or anything. Actually, I, I thought we've had pretty good candidates uh, uh, here in this riding. Yes. So, yeah. And, and you know what? Also today, we've had some very special guests, uh, interesting guests, uh, come in and uh, join us for Insight Peterborough, the program, Devin, that you've been doing for quite a while. Yeah, this is our third season, so we're um, always looking for... Uh, uh, different angles and different, uh, you know, people to chat with. And uh, because uh, a lot of people with disabilities do often get stereotyped and that sort of thing, I thought that, uh, uh, and besides, uh, the uh, Human Book uh, Project uh, can always use a little more promotion. So um, uh, when I went uh, last week for a bit of training, I thought, hey, this is uh, a good thing. We have uh, an extra time slot available, and uh, if we can get somebody, that would be good. And uh, I, oh, a, a few months ago now, I guess, uh, I guess uh, sometime in the summer, I got thinking about the uh, 
uh, batteries and needles and uh, various things like that. Electronics. That, that are yes, that we as people disabilities getting obsolete so quickly. Yeah, that people with disabilities use, and so yeah, um, and. Uh, uh, I know that as time has gone on, different uh, technical devices have come along, and uh, I've thought, okay, what do I do with this, or what do I do with that? And it's, uh, you know, sitting in a closet gathering dust, and uh, if uh, there's a, a safe and a healthy way of disposing of those, I thought that might be a good idea to uh, have... Um, Dave, come and talk to us about that. And uh, thankfully, he was yes, he was able a, to take the time to do that. Yes, yeah. Well, David, it's just about time for us to uh, uh, make our way out. Is there anything else before we uh, close up for the day? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Um, uh, we'll have uh, some more interviews for you next week. I hope that you're able to join us. And uh, the last uh, message that I think I can pass along is get out there and vote. So bye for now. Bye-bye.